A boom, a pick from a corner, not named Sauce or Kobe, and a one-handed grab highlight the turning points and the Bearcats' 38-17 win over Miami. Our Locked On Bearcats, your daily podcast on the Cincinnati Bearcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We thank you very much for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen of every day. It's free and available everywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe to our Lockdown Bearcats YouTube channel and follow us to get an alert every time we drop a new episode. Alex Frank with you, your host, each and every day here on Lockdown Bearcats, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. We do it, excuse me, every Tuesday during the football season. Turning Point Tuesday highlight the turning points excuse me, in the Bearcats' previous game, in this case, the 38-17 to victory over Miami last Saturday and their 16th straight win in the battle for the victory bell, now leading the series all-time 60-59-7. to Those seven, that seven is seven ties. So the Bearcats were struggling, to say the least. Let's just put it to you that way, early on. They were battling, but the sentiment that I had was if the Bearcats kept scoring, Miami was not going to be able to keep up, and that was absolutely what turned out to be the case, and then some. But there was a play that really doomed Miami for the rest of the game, and it came with three minutes and 47 seconds to go in the second quarter. And after this, after this drive by Miami, this play was so good that Miami, the rest of the game, had, let's see, they had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight drives, eight drives. Total in, let's see, 5, 16, 33, 38, 98, 102, 107 yards. Eight drives for 107 yards after this play. If you're doing the math, if you're doing the math, that is wicked good. Eight drives for 107 yards. All set up. By Deshaun Pace. Third and six for the Red Hawks. And we've talked so much this year about Ivan Pace Jr. That we've kind of forgotten about Deshaun. But he reminded us today why he is still one of this defense's best players. And my favorite player on this team. This hit announced that Miami wasn't going to do much offensively the rest of the game. Forced a pass breakup right at the line of scrimmage. In fact, behind the line of scrimmage. Lowered the boom on Miami's running back. And the Bearcats finally got that much-needed stop. Because before that, Miami's drives were touchdown, field goal, punt. Okay, good. Touchdown, punt. So scores on their first three, three of their first five possessions. After this drive, the Red Hawks didn't score again. Did not score again. All set up. 
by a man who I call the igniter. Whenever you need, whenever the Bearcats need a play defensively, Deshaun Pace is the player that gives him it. Whether it's the interception at Notre Dame last year set up the first touchdown. Whether it's the game-sealing interception against Indiana to set up the Bearcats' final score to put them up by two scores. Whether it's an, inter- an interception against UCF. Whether it's the blocked field goal in week two of this season against Kennesaw State. Deshaun Pace is the igniter of this defense. Ivan Pace Jr. might make all the plays, and that's totally fine. He had a tremendous game on Saturday. And it's seemingly like it, it seems like he's making every single tackle. Every time you see a ball, a ball carrier wrapped up, it's probably Ivan Pace Jr. that's in there. But Deshaun Pace is equally as important to this team, if not more. He's been here longer than Ivan. I mean, this is Deshaun's third season. And I've said it, I said it all offseason that he was my favorite player on this team because he embodies so many things about being a Cincinnati Bearcat. You know, he's reliable. He's worked to where he's worked his way up to where he is. He's an igniter. He's a tackler. He plays hard. He's from Cincinnati. And the defense was reeling until Deshaun ignited them. Ivan was making a bunch of plays. Bearcats defense just couldn't get off the field. And they gave up 17 points. But once Deshaun Pace completely lowered the boom. And the exact play, um, in case you're wondering, with 3.47 left in the second quarter, and this game was still hanging in the balance at the time, very much so. But, I'm trying to find the play here. Um, where is it? Um, is that not the play? No, it was. Okay. So it was, why am I, why is this doesn't look right to me? This does not look right to me. Um, oh, you know what? I said the time wrong. Um, this was not at 3.47. This was at 8.27. I misread the play. Because I was thinking when the Bearcats were tied 17, so it was with 8.27 to go in the, in the, first, in the second quarter. Deshaun Pace made that play. So then actually Miami had after that nine possessions, totaling 113 yards. Nine possessions, actually nine possessions for 111. That is, that's just over a first down per drive. Like that's really good. So you're down 17-14. You just score a touchdown to pull to within three. It's, by the way, the down and distance is actually third and 16 for Miami's own 19-yard line. Avion Smith throws short right to Jalen Walker, the running back, broken up by Deshaun. That's the play. So 827, disregard 347, 827 to go in the second quarter. Deshaun Pace lowering the boom. Red Hawks completely go silent after that. They had no chance. They could not handle Cincinnati's physicality on offense. And what's so interesting is Miami came into this game really running the football well. I believe they were averaging 145 rushing yards a game. It was some, It was either 145 or 163. But the point is this. Cincinnati, once again, 
prided themselves on stopping what the opposition does best. Miami today had 67 rushing yards, 67 held to half to over half below their season average. That is extremely impressive. I don't think we understand how impressive that is to consistently for this Bearcats defense when they're playing the triple option or when they're playing the pass happy SMU like they were last year and they held them to under 200 yards passing. To be able to do what they are able to do consistently at a high level, which is take away what the opposition does best offensively, it really takes a tremendous effort. And it starts with the preparation throughout throughout the week, respecting the rivalry, and just going out there and just doing what you have re- what you have you know perfected in practice all week and carrying that over to the field. Some teams can be great practice teams and not great teams on the field on Saturday. The Bearcats were like that in 2017. Now they they go on the field, they're not intimidated by anybody. Clearly it showed today. In a game where they were missing one of their stalwarts in Malik Van on the defensive line, you got to give tremendous credit to Jawan Briggs, who had a nice game. Um, you got to give tremendous credit to um, Noah, Noah Potter and, of course, the linebackers, who I think really stepped up. You look at the defensive numbers for Cincinnati. Ivan Pace, eight tackles. Wilson Huber, five tackles, tackle and a half for loss. Um, Deshaun Pace had four tackles. Um, tremendous effort from Jawan Briggs, who had a tackle for loss and a sack and two total tackles. Eric Phillips had two tackles. So tremendous effort by the guys who are still there up front. Jabari Taylor added four tackles. Um, Pace also added a quarterback hit. The guys who are still in there are picking up the slack for losing Malik Van. And you would think Miami would just continuously try to attack them, try to attack the running game. They ran the ball 36 times. 36 times. They attempted 21 passes. And they still only got 67 yards. That's a tremendous effort by the Bearcats defense. And the boom from Deshaun Pace. 827 to go in the first in the second quarter. Announced that he is still just as equally important and valuable to this team as his brother Ivan. It completely took the win out of Miami sales. Bearcats scored a field goal on their next possession. And then, later in the second quarter, cornerback who has been overlooked, but for good reason, the one who made a play to set up the go-ahead score for Cincinnati. Plus, that go-ahead score showed Cincinnati's different offense this year. We'll get into it after a word from Upside. From cringing at the pump to getting an eye-popping check at your favorite restaurant, inflation is hitting us all where it hurts, and it really hurts. That's why I started using Upside, an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, or dines out. With every purchase, I'm earning cash back thanks to Upside. To get started, download the free Upside app, use my promo code LOCKED, and get $5 or more cash back on your purchase of $10 or more. Next, claim an offer for whatever you're buying on Upside. Check in at the business, pay as usual with a credit or debit card, and get paid. 
In comparison to credit card rewards or loyalty programs, you can earn three times more cash back with Upside. Users are earning more than a million dollars every week. That's probably why they have a 4.8 star rating on the App Store. Download the free Upside app and use promo code LOCKED to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more using promo code LOCKED. All right, so we talked about Deshaun Pace, his boom that he lowered that really gave the Bearcats a much-needed stop offensively. Like I said, if you, I mean, before that, the Redhawks had four possessions. Three of those ended in scores. Now, given two of those were short fields, but still, they gave up points. And that drive completely flipped the game for the Bearcats defensively. Miami only got 111, yard, 111 yards the rest of the game. Just over 100. That's that is a that is a tenacious effort on defense. But let's go to the back end of the defense. Arquan Bush, cornerback who has been overlooked, and for good reason when you have Sauce and Kobe for as many years as the Bearcats had. Arquan Bush was kind of forgotten. But what you might not remember, or maybe do, it was his interception against Navy that sealed the win last year. And today, he snagged the first interception of the season for the Bearcats cornerbacks. Interception with 2.07 to go in the second quarter. Came on a second and seven. Avion Smith tried to throw deep to Mac Hippenhammer down the left sideline, the near sideline. Hippenhammer thought the ball was overthrown, but it was not overthrown enough. Arquan Bush was right there. And by the way, he got two feet in, not just one. So that would have counted had that been an NFL game. Um... Finally, Arquan Bush is getting an opportunity to A, B, a CB1, and B, make plays. And he made a play today. Cincinnati got the ball back, and what did they do on their next possession? Well, got it off an interception, 10 plays, 88 yards, 154 off the clock, Ending with a touchdown pass to Nick Martin. Now, the thing about Bush is, like, we had confidence he was going to be one of the two replacements this season. We had confidence in him. But you didn't really know what to expect. I mean, yeah, he had a pick six against East Carolina in 2018. God, that feels like such a lifetime ago. Um, And his ability to track the ball. And, and look, deep ball interceptions are kind of interesting. Because, yeah, you, you you force a turnover, it's an interception, you get the ball. But you're also kind of backed up in your own territory. But still, you'd rather have an interception than an incomplete pass because the next play could have been a first down. Um, Miami's offense lost all momentum after this. They did not take very many chances the rest of the game. For an offense that, let's be honest, was doing whatever they wanted to do early on, the Red Hawks, Once Cincinnati's defense made plays and lowered the boom, they stood no chance. This is what has given the Bearcats 16 straight wins in the battle for the victory bell. They're more physical. They're more prepared. And quite frankly, they take more pride in this rivalry. Now, when you lose 16 straight games, it does kind of set in your head a little bit. You know, why should we care if we're just going to lose every year? It can be a little, you know, mentally challenging if you're the Red Hawks. 
I mean, I made the point Saturday that the last three Battle for the Victory Bells have been decided by 22, 35, and 21 points. That's a combined 78 points per game, or 78 points. Add 21 from the 2018 game at Paycor Stadium. Cincinnati won that game 21 to nothing. And that is 99 points. The combined margin of victory in the previous four Battle for the Victory Bells. 99. That's an average of almost 25 points per game. And you watched the game on Saturday. And you saw how much more physical and prepared Cincinnati was. It does not take a lot or much to respect this rivalry. And Luke Fickle has completely embraced it. Coming from Ohio State and coaching in Ohio State, Michigan. You see Miami, Ohio is not Ohio State, Michigan. We know that. But it's still the second oldest FBS rivalry in the country. Oldest non-conference rivalry in the country. First college football game in the state of Ohio, a state known for football, was UC and Miami. And the Bearcats clearly take more pride in this rivalry than Miami does right now. And it shows. And that's why you're thankful Luke Fickle's the head coach. I don't know what Chuck Martin preached to his team this week. I don't know what he's what he preached to his team in previous Victory Bell meetings. I'll tell you this much. Whatever he did say, clearly didn't get his team ready to play. Because this is now four consecutive blowouts. Ever since Miami blew that game in 2017, you can't tell me the Bearcats won that game. Miami choked that game away. 17 to 6, you're up with less than five minutes to play. And you had a kick return error. You didn't call a timeout because you didn't do this if you're Chuck Martin. And then your quarterback throws a pick six, which I really don't even know why he was, they were throwing there anyway. Miami should have won that battle for the victory bell. Instead, they didn't. And they haven't had the victory bell on their campus since 2005. You want to know how long ago 2005 was? George Bush was president. I was in first grade. Carson Palmer was the Bengals quarterback. Chad Johnson was still popular amongst Bengals fans and still is. Um, the Reds manager was, do not tell me, uh, yeah, that, there you go. I don't know. That's totally fine. The Reds were in year 10 of a, of a 14-year stretch where they missed the playoffs every year. Yeah, a lot's happened. By the way, that was the first season post-Bob Huggins for the men's basketball program. That's a long time ago. The last time Miami won a game in this series was just weeks after Hurricane Katrina hit New Orleans. And that's obviously that was obviously a very sad time, but that's how long ago it's been. Lots happened since then. Bearcats head coach at the time, Mark D'Antonio. Couldn't tell you who Miami's head coach was. But anyway, um, the interception uh, completely took the win out of Miami sales. Miami showed some pride early, showed some fight. But once Cincinnati pulled ahead, you knew it was the end of the game. And that's been the difference in this rivalry for four years. As soon as something doesn't go Miami's way, they fold. Bearcats, I I was reading something interesting um, that Justin Williams wrote in The Athletic this week. Or rather, after the game. 
And he talked about the Bearcats' calm demeanor. No one flinched when they were down 10. And he talked about the difference between Ben Bryant and Desmond Ritter. In this case, Ben Bryant's calm demeanor. You know, Desmond Ritter was this charismatic leader. If things weren't going well, he would, you know, rail into his team and get him rallied and fire them up. Ben Bryant doesn't do that. Ben Bryant just goes out there, does his job, gets, get, gets the ball to where it needs to go, and the Bearcats are back into the game. And you, and you saw that resolve against Arkansas, and you saw that resolve against Miami. When we talk about the growth of this team, the growth of this team is they were down 14 in the first half at Arkansas. And yeah, they battled back and they had some chances to, you know, tie the game or take the lead. This time they did. And you can say, well, the quality of opponent Miami is not in Arkansas. Of course not. I know that. But still, it's a rivalry game, technically a road game, a lot's on the line. And you just went out there and calmly went about your business. Outscore Miami 31 to nothing after being down 17-7. 31 unanswered points to end the game. That's pretty daggone good. All right, Nick Martiner's touchdown. I've kind of went off on a tangent there. Um, 13 seconds left, first and goal from the 10-yard line. Martiner catches an absolutely incredible one-handed grab against his left shoulder pad, comes down with the ball. Second touchdown grab, second touchdown of the year for him. Um Here's what I liked about it, the play call. Haven't really seen a lot of lobs to the back of the end zone, back corner of the end zone. Tough throw to make, tough catch to make too. You don't have a lot of room and you got a cornerback right on you or defensive back right on you. Um, but the, the play call was something we hadn't seen in recent years. And what I liked about it was um, – a few plays before, Trey Tucker, they ran that same play to Tucker, lobbed to the end zone. This was in the middle of the end zone, but towards the sideline. Tucker came down with the ball, but he didn't survive the ground. But they were still being aggressive. They were airing the ball out, not just using the middle of the field or using a tight end catch and run or a tight end up the seam like they would have in years past. It shows that they're utilizing their receivers. I mean, they have some horses. You talk about Nick Martiner being a six foot six guy. And then you think about Tyler Scott and Jaden Thompson and Chris Scott and, you know, Wiley and Taylor are still there. But the Bearcats wide receivers are now dominating this team. They are dominating how this team is, you know, getting its pass catching distribution. You look at the Bearcats receiving stats right now. And in years past, you would have seen some tight ends at the top of the list and Alec Pierce. But I look at the stats right now, and I see a – I just see a different um, a different trend. Right? We look at these numbers through three games. Well, these stats aren't updated. Um, Got to find some updated stats here if I can. There we go. You look at receiving. Is that right? That can't be right. That's not right either. Hmm. Okay, then. That's only through two games. But anyway, I guarantee you. Actually, you can look at it through two games. And they just add on. Through two games, your leading receivers were Scott, Thompson, and Tucker. Well, Scott, okay, 
in the game today, or rather Saturday, eight catches, 119 yards. He's up to 15 receptions. Tucker, seven catches. Or rather, Scott's up to, um, yeah, is that right? 15 receptions. Tucker had five coming in. He's up to 12. Jaden Thompson had two. He's up to seven. So your leading receivers, and Wiley added two catches. So your leading receivers are actually wide receivers this year. You're utilizing the outside. And that's only going to make this offense harder to stop. And Luke Fickle even echoed this after the game. He said, in quote, he's done a great job of seeing the field, Brian. He taking what's there. In some ways, we're still getting used to it. We are a little bit different, and Ben's strengths are showing. Ben Bryant can air the ball out. I mean, he's got – Gino Gadulli said he has an NFL arm, and you were a little bit skeptical about that at first. He does. And not only that, he's starting to hit his receivers downfield more. He, he hit Nick Martiner against Arkansas. He hit some plays last week. He hit some plays on Saturday, one of which coming up in a minute. But you're seeing a different offensive team. You're seeing a team that's not so focused on running the ball and utilizing just the middle of the field with their tight ends. They now know, hey, we can go to the perimeter. We can make teams defend the whole width of the field. And that stresses the entire defense. Like, Indiana is, is going to see a much different Bearcats team this year than they saw last year. And by the way, the Bearcats beat them by 14 last year. So it's going to be very interesting to see how this continues to evolve throughout the season. Coming up, the dagger in the third quarter. We'll get into it. After, we'll get into it after a word from two of our sponsors. All right, let me take you to nine oh three in the third quarter. The Bearcats facing a second and twenty-five, set up by an illegal block in the back by Josh Wiley. So it's second and twenty-five from the forty-one. The drive could have stalled right there. Instead. Ben Bryant airs it out down the middle of the field. Tyler Scott open, had a step beat on his defense on his defender. And smooth by Carlos Santana playing the guitar. Very smooth. Tyler Scott is so great. He can run, he can cut, can make guys miss. You know, Ben Bryant showed on this play. Second and 25 is not going to doom him. He's going for the jugular because he can throw the ball down the field. Death knell in Miami. Um, For as much as Ben Bryan likes to throw to the perimeter, and he's done a great job of that, he can also still throw down the middle of the field. Tough throw to make. And with Tyler Scott, you're seeing this recruiting really come into fruition. Remember I said earlier this offseason that – you know, this was going to be the year where you're going to see your recruits really make an impact and come into fruition. Tyler Scott's done that. Jaden Thompson has done that. Um, Charles McClellan has done that. Ben Bryant now, I mean, even though he transferred, but he's, you know, um, originally committed to Cincinnati. Um, you're seeing that from Javon Hicks. You're seeing that from particularly the offensive line, which has been, I think, really incredible through the first three weeks of the season. You know, on a team that doesn't have a lot of recognizable stars, it does have a lot of depth. And that's why this team can still be really, really good. Like, we're three games in. The Bearcats are averaging almost 42 points per game. They have racked up over 400 yards in each of their first three games. I think it was 434 in their first game, 526 last week, 478 this week. I mean, they're averaging over 400 yards a game. 
So they haven't missed, they really haven't missed a beat offensively. I would argue this year now that they still might be as explosive as last year. They can score on any get on, on any play. You saw last week with the 76-yard touchdown run by Miles Montgomery. You saw it this week um, with the touchdown to Tyler Scott. So this this offense is still just as good. It's new. You don't have your Desmond Ritters and Jerome Fords and Alec Pierce's of the world, but you do have your Ben Bryant's, your Nick Mardner's, and your Charles McClellan's of the world. So, of the world, rather. So, again, different team, maybe not as talented, but certainly deeper than last year's. And that's going to take this team really far this season. Coming up on tomorrow's show, uh, remember, new time on Wednesday. I'll post the show Wednesday morning. In fact, I'm going to record the show Wednesday morning, something new this year, or something new I'm starting, because Tuesday I take the time to listen in to Luke Fickle's press conference. I take the time to uh, listen to the Luke Fickle radio show. I used to love going to that show. My mom and I would go several times each year. Love that. Um, plus, you can't ever beat Montgomery in, so there you go. Hashtag not sponsored. Um so we'll give you the takeaways from that, plus the film review. So much more to get to this week. Russ Heldman will join me for our weekly conversation, our All Bearcats weekly conversation on Thursday, talking about what we saw last week in the battle for the victory bell and looking ahead to Indiana, which is going to be a really fun game. Indiana's 3-0. It may be an ugly 3-0, but 3-0 is 3-0. Uh, by the way, they already have more wins this year than last year. Last year they only won two games. So there is that. Um Friday, we got our game preview for Indiana. And then Saturday, we'll do it all over again. Recap will be posted at 10 o'clock that night because it's a later game in the afternoon. So much more to get to this week. Happy that you are alone for the ride making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day. Don't forget, you can follow me on Twitter at Frankie underscore 90 with two N's and an ATI. You can follow me on Instagram too, AlexFrank9 underscore, or email me at Alex3Frank at gmail.com, all lowercase. And don't forget to make your second listen, Lockdown Big 12, everyday host Josh Neighbors and the local experts of Lockdown take you across the conference in 30 minutes. Lockdown Big 12 is your second listen. That's Lockdown Big 12. I'm Alex Frank for the Lockdown Bearcats podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us too to get an alert every time that we drop a new episode, which will be Tomorrow with the film review and takeaways, and then Thursday with Russ Heltman. Friday, our game preview for Indiana. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Alex Frank for Lockdown Bearcats. Excuse me. Have a great rest of your day, and I will talk to you all tomorrow.